Welcome to this third episode of Parenting Reimagined. This episode is about expecting, looking forward. Brooke Denny talks with me about her experience of preparing for motherhood, beginning motherhood as a pregnant woman, the fears, the doubts, the uncertainties, the realization that she is not really in control, all the things that go with the tremendous joy of looking forward to new life, the process of beginning to imagine yourself as a parent, of beginning to be a parent. This is Parenting Reimagined, a place where the conversation goes beyond what we do as parents, and we take the time to consider what parenting teaches us, how it transforms us, and what being parents means for the landscape of our inner lives. I am Sherry Walling. So, my name is Brooke Denny. My husband Paul and I have been married for 11 years. We are expecting our first baby in August of 2013. Brooke Denny is a licensed marriage and family therapist. She and her husband Paul live in Orange County. So, you are just beginning this new adventure of motherhood. Yes, we are. What are you most excited about? I'm just excited to meet this new little person. I'm excited to grow our family. It's been the two of us for a long time. And so I'm just really excited to have our family grow and to experience that with Paul, being a parent with him, and also just expanding myself. I feel like I'm definitely ready. Well, I don't know if I'll ever be ready, but as ready as, as I'll ever be. I just feel like it was time. It feels like it's a really normative part of human, the human experience. And I I kind of just wanted to join, join everybody else. Well, welcome to the club. (laughs) So obviously you are aware of your body changing. You are already in this. You're already becoming a mother as your child takes shape within you. And I'm wondering if you're beginning to notice any changes in your inner world? Yeah, all of a sudden, I'm aware that people matter most. I mean, I knew that before. I mean, I'm a therapist, but I know that um, in my head. And, and I say that, but I, I don't know, there's just this acute awareness that it's the people in our lives that matter most. And, and not just your own child, but your friends and, and family and your partner and just just people. It sounds like there's a reprioritization happening <laughs> in you. Yeah, yeah, there is. It makes me think about what are the things about life that I want my child to learn that maybe I'm already not really exhibiting <laughs> or... Um, just things that I want them to know how to do or to see or to be in the world that I may not necessarily be doing. And so it makes, it inspires me to start doing it more now already, even though baby isn't here yet. There's the sense in which this other life that you're responsible for and accountable to is helping you begin to take stock of making sure that your life is the kind of life you want to show them accountable is really a good word. It's like 
all of a sudden you're aware that, you know, everything you do, I mean, not in a creepy kind of way, but kind of, you know, everything you do, they're get, this little person is going to see and is going to watch. And, you know, what, what are they going to see? That can be intimidating at times, but I think it, it can also be inspiring. You let it, it can be, a, be something that motivates for, change, for positive change. Well, some of the parents that I've talked with for this project have talked about how their view of God has changed as they've become parents. Do you, do you notice anything changing in you as you're growing this baby? Yeah, I am so aware. Of, well, two things that keep coming to my mind are, one, the miraculousness of God and, and of life. It like I was I was watching the birds this morning outside my window and I just I it just blows my mind that I am carrying another life. And it's it's just a miracle. There's really kind of no other way of saying it. Um so I, I suppose it's helping me get in touch with the mystery of God a little bit more. But then the other thing for me is letting go of complete control. <laughs> You know, as my body changes and, and this life is growing, I I mean, I am doing things like eating and sleeping. But other than that, I'm not instructing it or coaching it to grow or to form. It's just happening naturally. And, and I'm participating by relaxing, <laughs> which is different for me because I like to achieve, you know, put degrees on my wall and, and do this sort of thing, which is good, but, but this is a very different kind of creating. Right. This is not that. It's a different kind of striving. Yes. Yes, it is. It's been really good for me. Sounds like it's some freedom and permission to experience your spiritual life or experience God in a, in a gentler way. Yeah, for sure. I think that um, for most of my Christian life, it has been about doing and going and working and giving and and doing these things. But um, but now it's it's more just about being and letting and allowing things to be. What are you most nervous about, or maybe even fearful of, about becoming a mother? You know. Um, uh, speaking of being really authentic and vulnerable, I'm, I'm going to become very vulnerable right now. So, um, well, I'll, I'll just cut to the chase. I don't share this with many people, but I'll go ahead and share this here is that um, I had breast augmentation surgery several years ago. I've lost some of the sensation in my breast. And so I have this terrible, nagging, awful fear that it will interfere with breastfeeding. So that's the physical worry. How do you feel about it being public? I want to make sure you're, you feel good about it. I'm okay with it. It's sort of, I mean, it represents like an, an earlier part of my journey. When I was reading your question and I thought, I have to share that. I've been in the closet about it. I mean, it's really not something you go around sharing. Like when I think, when I started thinking about my biggest fear, like that is something that literally will keep me up at night. I just didn't feel that I could really talk about it without talking about that. And I, 
And I have a sense that I'm probably not the only one out there who has this issue. I mean, I read statistics that like one out of four or one out of every five women in America has had that surgery. Can't be the only one who has struggled with this issue, you know. I'm trying to push through these issues of vulnerability within myself and and not becoming, you know, boundaryless. But I think that for me, this is kind of a really big issue. And to not talk about it or to write about it would almost be doing me a disservice. I mean, it's just such this ironic thing. I think that as a feminist thinker and therapist and new mother, like it's going to be an issue that I'm just going to have to talk about because it, it's such a huge cultural issue. It's such a huge social issue. And, and so I'll have to talk about it at some point. There it is. I'm okay with it. And of course I thought about it when I got the surgery and, you know, they do all the things they can to minimize risk. Most women with the surgery are able to breastfeed quite normally, but, um, but there is a small percentage of women that can't. And I, of course, fear that I am among the small percentage. But I think that for me, it represents sort of a bigger worry that my own issues will interfere with my child's life in some way. Sort of a concrete expression of that. I think it's a fear that a lot of parents have before they become parents, but even as they're in the thick of it, it's the sense in which, can I get over myself enough (laughs) to be able to do what my child needs, to really be what they need? You articulated that really well. That's that feeling of, will I be able to sustain life? Will I be able to get up every three hours? You know, will I be able to endure the paper changes and the the throw up and the laundry and the... Will you be enough? Yeah. Will I be enough? I think parenting gets a part of us that's just so deeply vulnerable. And I feel like it's really good for other parents to like know that about each other. As you dream about meeting this little one, what do you most wish for him or for her? I know that's a big question. Big question. <laughs> but I think that I I most wish or dream that he or she would discover who God uniquely made them to be and that I would not get in the way too much of that that they would discover the the uniqueness of who God made them to be and to enjoy that. And, sorry, I'm adding to the wish list. (laughs) It can be a long list. A long list. Yeah, I know. It's hard to say just one. I think a really big one was just that they would know love and that they would feel love and know what love is. What do you most wish for yourself as a mother? See, this one's a little harder. (laughs) I most wish that I will enjoy being a parent at every stage. I often felt in some ways that the adults I was around sort of wanted us to grow up so that they could get on with their lives. I want to experience children as they are in the moment and not constantly wish for things to change or for them to grow or get out of the diaper stage. I mean, I know that some of that will be natural. I mean, my aunt says the, the days are long and the years are short. 
So I imagine that to some extent, I'll experience that, that lengthiness, but I most wish that I'll just be able to enjoy, enjoy it as much as I can. Sounds like you want to be very present to each of the phases and stages. Yeah, I do. Because I think that for myself, that'll probably be where I'll be the most happy and and the most at peace is not worrying about, well, what's, what's going to happen next? And what, what about this? Because then that prevents you from being attuned to them in the moment and, and also attuned to myself in the moment. I don't know, waiting till they grow up. That's so much of your own life (laughs) that you, (laughs) that you miss out on. And so I guess the other part of it is that part of enjoying your children is recognizing that they don't have to be the only part of your life, that there are other parts of me besides just mother that I hope to continue nourishing and cherishing along the way. What else do you think will change with this new life in your family? I anticipate my marriage changing, um, hopefully in a good way. I really look forward to seeing my husband as a father. I, I think that'll be, I mean, I've imagined it for a long time, and I, I, just, uh, I just really look forward to seeing him in that role. Gosh, what else will change? <laughs> I feel like everything is going to change, and I don't even know what will change yet. So I, I feel like I'm speaking out of so much ignorance. <laughs> <laughs> I want to nail you down so I can play it back for you later. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Anything else that you want to say about what's happening in you and who you're becoming? Any other reflections on this process for you? Something really interesting has started happening with me that I didn't anticipate um, is that I've really been able to re-identify as a woman, which sounds like, well, yes, you're a woman, (laughs) but... um, as an intellectual woman, as a woman who has pursued a career and those sorts of things, there's been a lot of parts of my femininity that I that I wasn't sure what to do with. So I, I think for me, this process is it's redeeming my femininity for me, and and I'm seeing it in a much different, more powerful light. And it's connected me to my mom, to my own mother, in a really surprising way. She, uh, my mom had four kids and birthed them all without any medical interventions whatsoever. I mean, she, she had them in the hospital, but no drugs, no anything. And as I'm doing my reading and my research, I'm just realizing, you know, what a feat that is, especially in the 1980s when natural birth was not really, I don't, I don't want to say as popular as it is now, but definitely there's a resurgence and, and people who are pursuing that option. And my mom just sort of had this intuition that that was the better way for her to go. And I don't know, I was talking with her about her birth experiences the last time I saw her and she was kind of this champion birther. And I mean, I just had this whole new level of respect for her. I think it's a primordial connection, but kind of just realizing, you know, what a sacrifice motherhood really, really is, you know, as I, as I live it day to day. Sounds like you're aware of entering into this larger story of what it means to be 
a woman who's giving birth. And I think there is this sort of sisterhood of <laughs> powerful women who sort of, I have birthed, hear me roar. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I feel that and it's, it's really exciting. And then, and then there's this other part of me that sort of feels like this simultaneous, like awareness of, of maybe the pain of women who haven't joined that sisterhood or who want to, or it's sort of both sides of like earlier reflecting on the miraculousness of birth. And then also just the vulnerability of the whole endeavor beginning from pregnancy. It's kind of a vulnerable place. So, so there's the strength on the one hand of, yes, I'm doing this and I'm going to birth and, and all these things, but then the vulnerability of just the whole thing. And um, Brene Brown, I, I'm sure you've heard about her. She, she writes a lot about vulnerability and how, you know, we don't really get to experience those big things in life without some amount of vulnerability. I'm just aware of that too. I think birth is one of those things that teaches that lesson in such a visceral, literal, emotional, all-encompassing kind of way. Yeah, truly an all-bodily <laughs> All systems are involved. <laughs> yes, uh, vulnerability, um, you know, at work, in your relationships. You know, I mean, and as a therapist, having to tell your clients and, <laughs> you know, it's just this... Um, it's a it's a vulnerable place, but it's also a really really good place. I mean, you'll you'll notice I talk a lot about bodily insecurity, and I with eating disorders, and I don't think it's a, a coincidence that I sort of specialize in that field. But I've just I've talked a lot with a, a cousin of mine who um, has similar issues, and we just talk a lot about um, you know the pressure that pregnant women are under to to fall under certain weight restriction guidelines. And I mean, the pressure we put on pregnant women is just insane. I've had to consciously sort of ignore those guidelines and go, you know, I'm hungry and I need to eat and, and to follow that intuition instead of this outside sort of authority telling me what I need to do for my body and my baby. And I think that that's perhaps just the start of many of those things of just learning to listen to what's best for me and and what's best for another person may or may not be what's best for me. I mean, I think that is one of those deeper lessons of parenting that ultimately you're responsible for yourself and your baby and can get lots of guidance and lots of feedback and read lots of books, but ultimately it's your intuition and your yeah. best judgment that's going to rule the day. Yeah. And that's a big change for me because I like to read books and to listen to advice and to do all this, but um, but th but this is not a this is not a book endeavor. I mean, there are useful things to learn certainly from books, but um, ultimately, I have to listen to my body, and it's it's good to to do that. And I think that that's just practice for for them listening to my baby and listening to what our family will need. And, and that it may be different from what other families need. Thank you so much for being willing to be vulnerable and talk with me about this. And I'm really excited to meet your new life. You're so welcome. A fun project. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Parenting Reimagined. If you like what you heard, visit our website, parentingreimagined.org, and sign up for our mailing list. You can also like us on Facebook. Thanks for taking the time to be part of this community of parents who's committed to learning the deeper lessons of parenting. 